Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. I'm Mark Kerbal. And joining us is friend of the pod from our SAP Concur Frankfurt office, Marcos Carvalho. Hi, Marcos. Hello. And a first-time participant, long-time listener from SAP Concur Bellevue is Justin Chrysostomo. Hi, Justin. Hello. So today we're going to talk about the next myth in our series on Agile myths. And today we're going to talk about Agile is just for software. You know, let's talk about why it's a myth that it's just for software. If you go back to the fundamentals of Manifesto, it was done in Utah with a group of people who were based in software, and that's where everything's been written. And if you look at the Manifesto, it's got software, software, software. And so everybody just thinks, it's just software. So I'm going to throw it out. Who wants to take a, who wants to take a stab at why it's not? Well, I can start. So... Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a story. Um, I used to work for a company that was um, developing a new product, um, totally new product. And the biggest difference was that uh, they actually had to manage the launch of this project. Product. Um, they didn't have any outside you know, consulting companies. Um, they didn't have any third parties helping them. It was a small product uh, that they wanted to launch and test the market. And so, of course, they, they got some inspiration on, on Agile. Uh, to do that, um, and of course, you know they were right, and they're they're actually they're actually a tobacco company. So, uh, um, so mind you that it's a totally different uh, um, area of of, of products uh, that we're used to, uh, besides software, of course. Um, and of course, they did something which was interesting, which is they set up a core team, a very small team, to work on this. Um, they made. Um, they made sure that they were located in the same place. They made sure that they used uh, techniques that allowed them to control um, uh, whatever they were doing uh, in a way that uh, they would uh, iterate and uh, and improve on upon what they were doing. Um, they were showing the progress to their stakeholders. Um, it was a really cool project, and um, and it was interesting to see people who had absolutely no contact with Agile. Uh, to try to do something like that. And I, I think it worked. I think it was an interesting... Uh... Justin? Yeah, I think um, the myth that it's only for software, uh, the main danger with that is that most software companies have more than software that they do. Uh, they market, they sell, uh, they have finance, uh, they are they have operations teams that, that run through, they've got customer service and support and success. These areas thinking that only the software coders need to do Agile is one of the biggest hurdles to Agile transformations at the enterprise scale. Agreed. I mean, it's one of the things where Mark and I did a lunch and learn not that long ago where it was someone came up to us afterwards and said, hey, you know, how does this work for me? Because I'm, I'm in sales. And I said, well, do you have a staff? Yes. Do you meet regularly? Yeah. Do you want to know what happens sooner rather than later? Yeah. Okay. Well, how about if you meet with all of your people once a day for 15 minutes and you get to hear what's going on and how you can help them out? That'd be really cool. I said, great. That's a standup. All of the events, all of the structures that come with Agile, especially in Scrum, are so translatable to people outside of software. They just have to decide that that's what they want to do. And I think to your point, for any organization to be truly agile, you have to embrace it from top, from stem to stern, right? So mm -hmm. uh, HR has to use it. 
Uh, and and it's, it goes back to the, they have to have the mindset. They don't have to do the thing. They have to have the mindset. Yeah, the, Mark. The, the, the question is, you know, what's the general thing about Agile? Well, you, you can save yourself time and energy and money by getting partway down the road on a plan and say, this isn't working. We're going to backtrack and do something else. You know, it, for, that doesn't require any kind of particular domain. You know, other things like, do you, would you like to get better? Let's assume that everybody always says yes. Well, that's called a retrospective, you know, and, and along with that is you don't have to be a software engineer to embrace concepts like transparency and, and to actually be an empirical process. There's nothing yes. in software in that, right? Um, I'd like to say that the legal department would probably say that they are both, you know, reality based and uh, would like to improve. One of the one of the teams approached me and said, "Now, what was interesting is we had a team that was really, really good at agile, and then the team that worked with them on the marketing side kept getting these hints that these people really enjoyed what they did and they seemed to be improving. So they said." You know, since we've, we watch these guys on the software side, is there anything we can do on the marketing side? And they produced the content that went into that development team's interface. And they did regular releases for, you know, different topics. So what I, and they said, but we don't, we don't write software. So I asked them to get a room with a really big, long whiteboard. And I put at one end a little circle and I said, idea. And at the very end, I did a little circle and I said, release. And I handed them stickies and I said, just write down on the stickies all the things you do, all the tasks you do, and approximately where on that line you do them. Don't worry about connecting anything, just put them down. So everybody spent five, 10 minutes putting them down. Then we started drawing arrows that said these are connected to so-and-so. And then I said, we kind of have some phases from what I can tell. And then right here, it looks like you serially produce three different things and then have a review by a single person. So that seems like it's a lot of extra work for that person to review. And it looks like each of those serial things are done by separate people. So could you do them as a parallel? Oh, yeah, that would make some sense. Now, they've been doing this for years, but they never stepped back to look at it. So I said, here's where we could do it in parallel. And then you have a single reviewer. And that probably saves them time. Yeah, because yeah, it's hard to get them nailed down sometimes. But I would even ask, how, you know, this, this is way at the end of the process. So if you started earlier and instead of doing the, you know, the complete thing, could you do a wireframe, a flow and some other basic information and then have a quick review? Because if the person, if the reviewer rejects it, you've just saved a ton of time, not creating the entire artwork and everything else. And they said, yeah, actually we hadn't thought about that. So, you know, those are the kind of general ideas of how to make things flow more smoothly and agile. Given more time, they decided they wanted a Kanban board and asked for help with that, and that's what they run their stuff off of today. But it was first, let's look at redundancies. Let's look at who's actually involved in the roles. Let's produce phases like, gosh, it looks just like a Kanban board now. And then they naturally flowed into that. Something that that brings to mind, Mark, is um, that a lot of what the principles and the manifesto call out is kind of a fast feedback loop between the development team and the customer. At scale, oftentimes we add layers between the development team and the customer and it gets farther and farther away. Some of that is, you know, the business reality, some of it is choice. But regardless of the the motivator, the fact exists that the development team and the customer get farther away and have more people in the middle of uh, between them. And without those people having an agile mindset, the customer doesn't understand what they're getting and what they can expect from the team and the company. 
And the team doesn't understand what the customers actually want because they're not getting that feedback because of all the layers and the idea that, well, the, the delivery team just builds what we tell them to build and we'll figure it out with the customer. So with an agile mindset uh, of it's not just for the software people, it's, it's, the, it's the customer success people, it's our, it's, our, uh, it's our salespeople, that idea then trickles back into the development team and gives them better data on why they're building what they're building and they build better things in a better way. It, it connected to that is, you know, if you view it as a software development cycle, then you view in most cases your customer as end users who receive software. But if you get the team to stop and say, no, actually, let's say in this case, your customers are the legal team or your customers are the marketing department, it's an internal thing, then that changes the dynamic a lot. You're not releasing to an outside party, but you at least have identified customers. And then that feedback loop becomes more apparent and tangible. Well, I think some of it is you just need to change the verbology, right? So it's instead of software, it's just work. So if you say, you know, working software, it's like, no, just work, right? Because then it takes the focus away from this piece and it turns it into the holistic. I just, I just remember that, uh, and you guys were talking about Kanban boards, and I just remember that all through my career, I remember many, many times where I encountered teams that self-organized around boards that looked very similar to Kanban boards. And this was natural. It was right. natural. They didn't, have, they didn't even really understand what they were doing, but they were self-organizing to get a process, um, you know, done in a way that they could, you know, sustain it and, and, and actually uh, work well within it. I'm, I'm just remembering. I remember a help desk where they had these, um, they had these uh, columns uh, up with their tasks that they were doing. Um, I remember a, a time where um, I, I saw the sales team using this uh, Kanban board um, as well. And, uh, and yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm now remembering these things. Uh, I, I worked with one team where I said, I'm going to draw four quarters for the coming year. And I want you to just put up things that say, this is what I believe I'm going to be working on in these quarters. And I went to the manager and I said, if everybody did that, would that be a complete set of the work? And uh, he said, no. And I said, well, the first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> If you have no idea what everybody's working on, and even with that, you don't think it's complete, we should probably back up and do a little bit of planning before we start figuring out how to become real agile. I was just going to ask, I mean, that being the case with our whole discussion of it's not just for software, um, what have you guys experienced with regard to bringing in some of those practices outside of the software industry? Um, you know, like not, not, just, not just work, like actually not... Let me, let me ask that question a different way. Outside of company and work environments, have you found that that works as well? Because I, I have. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, for instance, have every time I pick my kids up from school, we go through a set of questions. It's the same set of questions every day. Um, it forces them to retrospect on their day, share some information <laughs> with me, and tell me if there's anything that's, that's you know, negatively affecting them. Right? Oh, we just I do, do that. that. Yeah. yeah. I did that with my kids at the end of a school year. It was about three years ago where I was like, all right, so let's talk about what we did this year as a family, what we could have done better and you know, how we might improve upon it for next year. And after we were done, my wife, who's an engineer said, we had a retrospective, didn't we? I'm like, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 we did. I was like, oh my God, 
you know, bringing bring work work home. But it was great because what we found for uh, our kids was that they wanted different lunch choices. And I was like, oh, well, that's totally cool. I can make that happen, right? So the next year, everything was just a little bit better. So inspect and adapt. Whenever I move home or country or both, which I've done several times, <laughs> I kind of do like a, a sprint exercise. And I, I kind of prepare things so that they fit into sprints. And I, I yeah. split the tasks with, you know, whoever helps me or my wife. Or, and I do it like naturally. I don't do it like very formally, but it's, it's natural. Um, and it's, it's kind of, yeah, I do apply it on my own. Funny you should mention that because when I was in college, I had three days to get everything done. And I, I wrote everything down and I wrote down the approximate time to do it and the time to get to the various locations to do it. And I took the three days as on a piece of paper and put all the stuff in there, rearranged it until it all fit. Like everything could be done in a day for those three days. <clears throat> and it was pretty much like a 12 hour day for three days but I did everything necessary. And it was the same kind of concept, which is I'm gonna estimate the size, I'm gonna move things around, I'm gonna find out that it works, and then I'm gonna execute on this, and it, and it worked. Right. Well, I think at the, end of the, at the end of all of this, it's taking that mindset, and if we can take the mindset and adapt it to day-to-day, -day, it should be really easy and it's, for it to translate into everything. And I think for, for a lot of people, once you start down the path and once you've experienced how being agile or doing agile things can help you in your work, it translates to all kinds of other spaces. So I think. But one other thing I wanted to add, which is one of those, this is becoming more apparent uh, lately, which is one of those basic concepts is transparency. And, and based on transparency, you get real data. And based on that, it's an empirical process so you can improve because it's harder to improve if you're not telling the truth, right? right. That trickles into real life as well, which is we're going to try to accomplish something, but I need everybody that's a part of this to be upfront about, can you do it? Is it possible? Does it make sense? Are you with me? That kind of thing. And that's one of those basic concepts, you know, of that Agile brings in that isn't around any framework. Like let's make some qualified decisions. Right. Well, and it's a perfect place for us to end because I think we're at time. So until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Mark. I'm Marcus. And I'm Justin. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider, shoot us an email at info at faster than or find us on Twitter at Faster Stand Up. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Stand Up.